recognizing this uh, listening. We have these senses, seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. We feel the six ayatanas and their objects and the consciousness that arises. So like in Vipassana meditation, you're kind of investigating the senses. And even though we, you know, we, we tend to just take them for granted. And so it's, it's helpful to just see how they work, you know. Eye, the organ of the eye, its object, and the consciousness that arises on contact. It's a way of investigating experience. It's not a, not meant to be some kind of doctrinal statement. All these, like the five khandas, six ayatanas, nama rupa, these are, these are skillful means to investigate experience. They are conventions, so they divide things up, you know, in simple categories that we can easily investigate. Otherwise, the mind, intellect, just wanders in, into endless complications, you know, into just uh, a million qualities, quantities, minutiae, micro, macro, cosmic <coughs> possibilities, abstractions, and so forth. And, and we're kind of overwhelmed by our own intellect sometimes because of the, it, just, it just wanders. We have no, oftentimes no perspective on our own thinking. <coughs> we try to keep it within the, say, to be, feel civilized and normal. We try to be reasonable or logical about it, you know, think logically or reasonably. But then experience, sometimes emotional experience, we're not reasonable at all. When we get taken over by emotion, you know, we're being emotional, which is not being reasonable. Try to be reasonable with somebody that's caught up in their emotions. So these, uh, these, uh, these uh, categories are helpful to simplify, observe, to, to develop this confidence in witnessing, observing, investigating. So it's not just an intellectual game with, with poly terminologies and poly teachings. You're, you, know, you can just become a poly scholar, an academic, uh, one who... who you know, his expertise in the thinking process of using and trying to analyze the uh, teachings of the Buddha as as, as they manifest in scriptures or commentaries. And that's skillful. I mean, that's interesting enough, but it's not liberating. You, know, you can't liberate yourself through just knowing all the terminologies and the scriptures. So this bhati-bhata, or practice, investigation, reflection. So we bring it to the present. How, what is it right now? Rather than keeping, uh, you know, trying to just 
have Buddhist theories or Buddhist ideas or new takes on um, suttas or Abhidhamma or whatever. Now always keep in mind that the the aim is uh, realizing Nibbana. The aim is, is and that is here and now, it's not, not about time or next year or, you know, about being somebody who is going to attain anything. So this vehicle that, we're, that we've taken on, this monastic form, Dhammavinya, then its whole sole purpose is for liberation. It's not for personal attainment or reinforcement of, uh, of a self or to form an identity with it. You know, to take on another kind of I am a Theravadan Buddhist and things like this. It's not meant to be and just another um, egotistical attachment. Another Sakya Ditti obstruction. Like any convention, it can be, and that's what we're used to doing. And say, "Well, I'm a Theravadan Buddhist," and another one says, "I'm a Zen Buddhist," and then we go to Tibetan Buddhism, and on and on like that. And we're then we have strong views, opinions that we form around these identities, and that's conditioning, isn't it? That's just another form of of Sakya Ditti Silabhadra Though the first three fetters, of, you know, are you're you're creating them, more fetters. So this is where we, we you know remind ourselves because we're so easily prone to do this. It's just, you know cultural conditioning to become, to belong to a group, and the group we belong to then you know it's our group versus some other group, one team football team against another. I mean, it's just the the way the mind's conditioned to, you know, it's it's easy for us to do that. To always, you know, take sides and to feel, you know, to identify with our group, our team, our sect, our religion, our race, nationality, political party, religion. Now that's why, investigating Sakyaditi, what is it that is aware of the thinking process? Of me, when I'm in my, you know, arrogant flights of self-importance. What is aware of that? What is it that's aware of that? And so this is like investigation, because you're asking a question, not not to get another ni- nice little traditional answer from the Pali Canon, but to really see, see the, you know, the reality, to know that this awareness, and being aware of, I am Ajahn Sumato, awareness, consciousness, this is conscious too, consciousness is operating with awareness, but to, Investigate. I guess you have to let go. In, uh, let go of the uh, attachment to being somebody, to being Ajahn Sumato. 
you know, I'm talking about myself. I don't think any of you identify yourselves as Ajahn Sumato. So it's a very simple kind of experiment. Uh, say, say your own name, I am so-and-so. But listen, you know, that which is aware of I am and the name, you know, this the name we have. Now, if, I d- if I'm not aware in this way, then I, I am Ajahn Sumedho and I can give you, you know, a whole, my, my life's history. Go on and on about myself as a personality, as a, on a conventional level. But if, th- if I begin to just observe that the thinking process, to become Ajahn Sumedho, I have to you know, think I am. I am Ajahn Sumedho. When there's no thought, when there's just awareness, this is emptiness, it's anatta. Now this is discerning the difference. This is the development of panya or wisdom. Panya, being able to discern. It's not about comparing or criticizing, but observing, discerning the difference. There is, is this discernment means that you're you are this conscious awareness discerning, you know, the condition, all conditioned phenomena is impermanent. It's not saying conditioned phenomena is inferior to the unconditioned. And that's ridiculous, isn't it? The, uh, the con- unconditioned is somehow better, superior to the condition. <coughs> that's nonsense. That's not wisdom. That's just playing around with words. So, so the unconditioned is this. Now, recognizing this, you know, noticing, because if we don't recognize and affirm, you know, we we tend to ignore it because the we're con- we're so strongly identified and and uh, kind of victims of the conditioning process. So in my own practice, for years now, this is it, you know, recognizing. Now when I'm doing this, I'm particularly aware of the sound of silence. There's still, you know, the thinking process then is no longer just conceptual proliferating, going from one thought, and it's used to, to notice to observe right, the, the tool that we're using rather than just, you know, thinking uh, as uh, in patterns, in habits, analyzing or criticizing. So when we get to these, this, uh, these two words, the unconditioned and the conditioned, <laughs> the unoriginated, the originated, the fo- unformed and the formed, anatta and atta, Nibbana Sangsara. So realizing the this um, emptiness, this awareness, non-self, anatta is this. And then and, you know, experiment, become somebody. You know, I am Ajahn Sumato, I am the habit of Amravati, I am seventy-three years old, I am and listen, you know, so you 
you know, you know, going to be aware of all the things you think you are, good and bad. But be the the listener. It can be kind of fun if you, if, you know, because you you get you know you're not believing it anymore, so you can believe you're anything. If you know it, you know you you can think anything about yourself, but your relationship to it is knowing it as it's a it's sakya ditti. It's conditioned phenomena. It's empty. It has no <coughs> whatever you think you are. You know your soul, yourself, your true self, your you know your feelings, my feelings, my views and opinions. All these things. They, you know, they're really empty phenomena. They have no, no real essence to them. They arise and cease all the time. There's nothing, nothing that you can, you know, hold on to, and keep when you are when you're in this, in this position of the puto, the knower, the witness, in this uh, position, the unconditioned the place of enlightenment. So in this way you begin to discern, you begin to feel, you know, and it kind of, you know, this anadasana, knowledge. It's a kind of profound knowing. It's not it's not into, uh, into superficial intellectual kind of abstract uh, ideas anymore. Gut knowledge. In the Tamajaka Sutta as a Yaku mutabati, yana mutabati, panya utabati, vicha utabati, aloko utabati. These are, these are the rising, isn't it? Knowledge, wisdom, insight, light. Now this is like discerning, is a, these words. Yaku utabati, you know, like, yaku means vision. Seen clearly, clear comprehension, wisdom, knowledge, light. Consciousness is light. That it's it's not it's not it's not not a kind of black hole. Like just recognizing that that when the consciousness is even when you're in a black hole. Physically, in a in a pit of blackness, you know there's, there's still consciousness. So then, ex- exploring this sakyaditi, you know, I create intentionally create myself in any way I w- you know any anything that comes into mind. I am the best. I am the great Messiah of the age. I am the hopeless case. I am unworthy of my alms food. I am a Total slob, or I am, I'm just a nice guy, ordinary bloke. Whatever, however you want to, you know, whatever you want to think, take it to the ultimate absurdities of, you know, I'm God or I'm the devil or I'm just an ordinary guy. But it's all just, it's words, isn't it? It's no longer, you know, no longer, we're not even doing this to convince oneself, one's just kind of investigating. How, how Sakya did, what do you really think you are? What are your identities? What, what, you know, most of us don't have extreme identities. 
You know, you know, I don't know anybody that thinks they're God or the best person in the world. That's very un-English, isn't it? Men do. Or we can think, I'm just absolutely hopeless or stupid or, you know, we, we oftentimes see ourselves in, in very critical ways. So that's fair enough. If you see yourself in whatever terms, whatever adjectives you care to use, use them in deliberately, but be the knower of it. So that this is the self is a created thing, and that which is aware of the self is not self. So this is it. Anatta is this. Is knowing this. Knowing that you know the the self is is something created. Sakayaditi. Now, as you explore this, then you you begin to know this in a in a deeper way. At first, it, it, it you know one is just more or less fumbling around with it and, and going along because you kind of might try to experiment around, see what you get from it. But it still can operate very much. As a, as another sakyaditi technique, so that's where it, it, you know this. This is uh, to to recognize, you know, to really keep this sense of that which is aware of self, of sakyaditi. And you know, so you keep, you know, after a while, it be, the penny drops. You get it. Suddenly realize this awareness is this, and the self comes and goes. According to conditions, and then you begin to see the emptiness of the conditions. They're they're empty too. They're, there's nothing to them. They're like bubbles, or they describe foam on the sea, or have no you know like a bubble. You know, once you puncture it, don't there's nothing left. There's nothing in it. So this is you know to. Because so so many, you know, the the suffering of humanity is all around these incredibly uh, gripping identities with conditions. We'll die for them. I mean, we'll we'll sacrifice ourselves for the for absolutely meaningless bubbles, you know, just uh, because we're we're so we can be so programmed, so deluded. So convinced that these bubbles are, you know, have a real, have a real, you know, they're really substantial, important conditions that we have to grasp and believe in and commit ourselves to. So in wars, you know, people enlist and go and fight for democracy and all this. This is bubbles. George Bush's wanting to establish democracy everywhere in the world is a is another bubble really there's nothing to it all based on ignorance and sakyaditi arises from that so this awareness then this is this isn't a bubble this is this you you know you you recognize this the self arises and ceases, but this which is, this awareness is self-sustaining. You know, it sustains itself, it's not something I'm creating. So in this way, this is anatta, emptiness, it's empty, 
It's not that, that I'm, you know, I've become anything. I'm just recognizing. You know, it's like a waking, waking up from a dream. I remember years ago, I used to have these dreams, uh, you know, that I, that I have these kind of nightmares that I disrobed. And so I, just, and I wake up and I, oh, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I look at my robe, oh, oh, I'm still a monk. <laughs> Yet the dream, when you're in it, seems real, doesn't it? You know, that dream, dreams, uh, you know, no matter how fantastical they might be or whatever, they, when you're dreaming, they're real enough at that time, they seem real. And so is the, you know, when we're so-called awake, you know, when we're, we're not asleep, uh, we, we, we still live in a dream world of self, of Sakyaditi Thilabhattabharamasa Vichikicha. That's all dreams. And that, that which is not dreaming is awareness. Now Thilabhattabharamasa, the, the second fetter, is uh, uh, I, I mean the first definitions I had for that are attachment to rites and rituals. Uh, you know that I don't find that particularly useful way of interpreting Sila Bhattabharamasa. It's really attachment to conventions out of ignorance. You know, so whether you 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 know you're a religious person that 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 you know lights incense sticks and prays and, and and has ritual loves ritual and right and religious rites or you're attached to your own views of all that's rubbish and nonsense this is still sila Bhattabharamasa. so the you know the the rational atheist that says all you know the communist that says all religion is the opposite of the people still suffering from sila Bhattabharamasa. It's not, you know, because I, I don't particularly have to, to live a ritualistic life. You know, I'm quite happy not to have rituals. I'm not attached to lighting candles, incense, chanting, and, and all the rest. And that's why we sometimes, you know, don't even bother, because this is not a problem with many of us. We don't feel, you know, bound into ritualistic, beliefs on a, on a, in a religious way. But we have our own Sila Bhattabharamasa. So I put it like cultural conditioning. It's uh, attachment to, to right and wrong. You know, to be attached to morality can make you very righteous and, and the moral precepts and where you you know, you you feel very a lot of hatred and aversion to immoral people. Is is Sakya Ditti Thilabhattabharamasa, where you know you create yourself as some some kind of, you know, I'm, I keep all the laws. I don't. I'm a law-abiding citizen. I I keep in the normal conventions. I do everything right. I don't tell lies. I pay my taxes. 
I always keep in the in the speed zones noted on the motorways and on the roads in Britain. I do everything right, and I'm very moral. I would never think of being unfaithful uh, to my partner, to my wife. I'm very traditional. Partner could be another man, couldn't it? Uh, wife, that's moral, you know, being moral or things like this. So we we can build up a whole sense of righteousness with Sakyaditi Silabhata Bharamasa. It's an identity, isn't it, to be the moral law-abiding citizen. Now this is good enough, not, not anything wrong with it. But as a, you know, and when we attach to it, then it becomes, uh, you know, we live, we create ourselves. And the, the tendency then is to uh, look down on people we consider immoral, who break laws, criminals, um, people that do things that are, are not proper according to our righteous views, who I think differently or who are liberals maybe. I'm thinking of being very conservative, very traditional, conservative, very proper or the other extreme, you know, all the laws, uh, you know, life is a banquet and and just enjoy everything and, you know, the kind of hedonistic, bohemian, do what you feel, is still another sakyaditi sila bhattabharamasa. So in this, this is the opportunity to begin to get that into perspective, whatever, you know, extreme you tend to see yourself as belonging to on the Sakyaditi level. When you really look at it, now establishing this, this is it, this awareness. Sakyaditi, I am Ajahn Sumato. And this is my seat. And this is my, these are my robes. And my monastery. And what I think. And what I've done my past and so forth. And this is sense of me and mine. You know, I create that. It's thinking. I to create me I have to think me. What about me? You didn't ask me when you when you did that, when you made that decision. You didn't ask me for my opinion. My opinion, if you want my opinion to get get this the way we use or the way I use my in the way I put my opinion, you know, the word my suddenly goes out like my opinion is so important that you've not taken it into account. You've ignored me, the head monk. <laughs> I listened listen to it in quite melodramatic ways. You can see how powerful that is. You hear it all the time. You didn't ask me. You didn't take into consider my feelings, and this is mine. You can't have it because it's mine. And the, you can, you know, in English, you, use of these pronouns. <laughs> how strongly they they come out when you when you think of them. You know, when you use, when you observe yourself thinking in this way. And then I say, oh. 
You know, I can get into, oh, I'm just wasting my time. I get, you know, one can get into love and hate relationships. Sometimes the sangha, you think, oh, I'm fed up with monastics, with monks, nuns, endless problems, petty little things, you know, hurt feelings, misunderstandings. It goes on and on and on. Forty years now. Of and then I listen to this, myself grumbling. That which is aware of grumbling. And that helps me to 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 re- remind myself this is this is the place of enlightenment, not this grumbling state of mind. I'm going to follow and get, get carried away with that, or just stop doing it. Be not suppress it. It's not that. It's not like because I hate grumbling and I don't want to be a grumbler, so I try to stop myself from doing it. It's observing, you know, the 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 suffering that arises from being attached to this sense of me and mine. Because when I when I'm caught in grumbling or complaining or feeling negative about things, and this is you know it's an unpleasant, it's painful kind of it's dukkha. It's on. Not very, you know, you don't want to live your life in this kind of grudging, grumbling, complaining mode. Whining, whinging, blaming. Poor me. All those people out there just fed up. And so this word fed up is also another word that has a lot of power in the English language. Fed up. There was one monk I remember years ago used in Thailand. He could just say fed up, and it was when he said fed up, boy, that was really. <laughs> He'd turn red and say, I'm fed up! <laughs> you all go tense. <laughs> I think we all understand the feeling of being fed up. But that which understands, which is aware of being fed up, is not fed up, is it? This is a refuge then. You know, this is, this is where, recognize this awareness is not tainted by the conditions that, that you're aware of. Uh, anger, or greed, or lust, or jealousy, or fear, or whatever the emotion might be, this awareness is pure. This is where purity is. And it's here and now. It's not something, you know, you find next, next, uh, next year. Just recognize. This is, if you want to understand purity, be aware. Awareness itself is light, purity, the deathless, Nibbana, Anatta, Sunyata, all these these words then are merely words that that you know give slightly different emphasis. You know, that's a way of using language. The slightly different emphasis, anatta and shunyata. You know, it's not that this kind of emptiness is shunyata and there's another kind of emptiness that's anatta and things like that. That's a ridiculous. That's, uh, you know, conceptual proliferation. So 
So these these words, the unconditioned, unborn, unoriginated, it just amounts to this awareness, really. And then the conditions are where you get all the variations, permutations, varieties, uh, qualities and quantities and highs and lows and goods and bads and the whole gamut, the whole range from A to Z, from the best to the worst, should and shouldn't, good and evil, heaven and hell, that's all uh, sankara. That's the world. So, knower of the world, loka vidu, is this, being, being this knowing, knowing the conditions as conditions. They are what they are. So in this realm that we're experiencing, this is a sense realm. So that, you know, it's, uh, that's why it's so so kind of powerful in itself. It's so conditioned and programmed by life. You know, it's just, just like start the programming starts when we're born, and and it seems so powerful. The the body itself, the one's own body, the the, the sensitivity of it, you know, it's always, it's always somehow be irritated in some way, you know, too hot, too cold, the clothes, the tiredness, hunger, thirst, um, pleasure, pain. You know, you realize for your whole life you've been trying, just moving your body around so it doesn't get too unpleasant. How long can you sit or stand or walk or lie down? when it starts getting unpleasant, you know? So the sense world is like this. It's not, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's changing conditions. And it is what it is. But our relationship to the world then is knower of the world, not being somebody who's, who's a victim of the world. So being this knowing, being the buto, then you is this. So it's impossible to think, I am the Buddha or anything like that. I mean, you know, it doesn't make sense, does it? When when you know this, to make claims, or even, you know, the four stages, hey, I am a Sotapanna or something like this, sounds ridiculous. Because it's not a personal attainment. You know, it's not, you know, I am a Sotapanna, it sounds like, like Ajahn Samedo is a Sotapanna. Doesn't that's what it's going to sound like? So it's it's it it doesn't make sense anymore because your relationship to language is not attachment. There's nobody, there's nobody to be a sotapanna. So these these four stages are very uh, helpful. You know, they're not for identity or the you know to to say have I attained this level or. Is it Sotapanna Magga or Sotapanna Pala? I've heard monks get into these kind of discussions. And one monk said, Are you Sotapanna Magga or are you a Sotapanna? Have you attained stream entry? And then they'll say, are, Is it Sotapanna Magga or Sotapanna Pala? And then they'll, uh, and they'll say, I'm working on Sakatakami now. <laughs> <laughs>
And it just reeks of sake aditi, sila butter baramasa, which he keeps out of me. But then the, the, a lot of with, with the Western monks and nuns is oftentimes just never, you know, that's why I emphasize, you know, because I see people don't know how to use this, the, these words for reflection. The, the ten fetters and the four stages. And yet we say, when we talk about song of the four pairs, the eight kinds of noble beings, these are the blessed one's disciples. And then what do you, when we say that, you know, the Sangha, re, uh, taking refuge in the Sangha, the four pairs, the eight kinds of noble beings, these are the blessed one's disciples. What does that mean? Isn't that kind of this, maybe some kind of beings out there somewhere? Then, uh, you know, Sotapanna, Sakadakami, Anakami, Arahants out there. Maybe they're like in the, in these kind of spiritual movements. They're Arahants living in the Himalayas. Kuthomi or Master Maurya. These kind of legendary Arahants that live where, where, in what part of the Himalayas? Secret. <laughs> We're taking I take refuge in Kuthumi and Master Moria. Well, people ask if Ajahn Chah was his, what was his attainment? Was Ajahn Chah an Arahant? And then kind of people, you know, get have these words, and they we like to think of our teachers as Arahants. You know, the Sakya Ditti, my teacher is an Arahant, because you know I don't want to have just a even a Sotapanna. Or a Buddha, or a, or, or a reincarnated Bodhisattva, you know. <coughs> People are so impressed. And the Tibetan monks go around saying they're tolkus and whatnot. And people go, oh, Tolku, he's reincarnated of this, of the Karmapa. And ooh. <laughs> <laughs> And what is this when you think of it, you know? What do we mean? What is going on? These are words. What does that, these are beliefs or assumptions? Now, putting the language in, you know, to get to, to observe how language works, you know, so the, the wichikicha then, doubt. You can't get beyond doubt through, through just suppressing it. Or just attaching to positive uh, affirmations and beliefs. Doubt is a, always a result of thinking, of attachment to thinking. Now, doubt then is is a useful thing because it it does stop the thinking mind. But we don't like that. I don't. You know, the, the sakiditi doesn't like to be stopped. It likes to have certainty. We want answers to questions and solutions to problems. So in, in this way we, you know, this being, this puto, this, uh, this witnessing, this witness, this knowing, loka we do, knower of the world, knowing the world is the world. It's not anybody. It's not, has no name. I mean, anatta, you can say, this is, this is anatta, it's like this. And then I, then, uh, you know, I'm not creating myself, not, not 
attached to any view of myself as a person. So this is recognized, discerning, non-attachment. There's awareness. There's consciousness. And so you begin to notice, recognize this a natural, you know, uncreated awareness. Reality is like, is this. It's, you're discerning it, recognizing it. And then you think, uh, how do I know this is really it? Then you're back into, you know, if you believe that, then you get caught in doubt again. But this this recognition, you know, this this is the third noble truth, realizing, recognizing, cultivating. Bhavana then is this. This is real, real bhavana or development of cultivating it, trusting it, resting in it, being this, this awakened, conscious awareness. It's non-personal. It's not an attainment. And yesterday, in the before the blessing, uh, you had the for the food, you know, then get these notes and say, and then the. May they attain nibbana, and this word attain just, you know, doesn't seem right. So I said, realize. Somehow attain nibbana, it just doesn't, it just seems wrong to even use that word now, attain. Because attainment to me means that you're, you know, you, it too, sounds too personal, like somebody's got to attain something. Or just waking up realizing Recognizing nibbana, non-attachment is this. So they have the. You know, I think in Bisuddhi Marga, one of these commentaries, they have this uh, statement: "There is the path, but there's no one on the path. Nobody on the path." And then the. Then <laughs> remember when I, <laughs> I read that at first, I thought, "There's a path, but nobody can get on it. <laughs> what good is that?" <laughs> They're kind of hopeless. If there's a path and there's, there's nobody on the path, then why even try? And that's the Sakyaditi version, you know, interpretation. Then you recognize what that really is saying. There, there's the path, but there's nobody. It's, it's not about somebody finding the path or being on the path. There is the path, there is the deathless. There is Nibbāna. This is reality. It's not a matter of me and mine anymore. You know, so that's why the Buddha emphasized this, you know, really investigating these first three fetters. So this is this is where you create yourself, where you're conditioned. You know, where we're you know, we're bound. It's like one of these computers, you know, computer programs. We, we you know, we're just programmed into thinking and reacting in, uh, in this way. So we're programs. You know, in that film, The Matrix, you know, all these, that's what's happened to us. We're all just programmed. Most, most human beings are, are programmed, caught in the programming of a culture, of family view, of tribal attitudes, of political preferences, religious, identities. So then the the way out of the program 
is not to destroy it, but to recognize it. Realize that your true nature is this. Not this personality, this this conditioned programming, cultural conditioning, or the thinking process. Then the thinking process is more like a skillful tool, you know. It's not to be, I'm not against thinking. I'm trying to wipe out my thinking. I don't want to, you know, not attack on thinking, but how to use thinking so that instead of programming myself out of ignorance, then the thinking process is a way of communicating and has all kinds of, you know, it's a way of pointing at, it's it's a skillful means, but it's no end, it's not an end in itself. Now, many of you have, you know, you know, there's some, some people just don't get it, you know, they they're so programmed they can't they can't get any perspective on the on the on the programming so they're kind of stuck with the program and then you try to encourage them to do good and refrain from doing evil and and uh, you know you can encourage them towards skillfulness in the world obey the laws be morally responsible and and be kind and things like this so this is good advice in the in the world for worldly happiness, but those of you that can that have uh, some kind of insight or sense of you know an intuitive sense that brings you into meditation or Buddhism or whatever, then it's developing from this point of awareness cultivating this rather than just becoming Buddhist, you know, becoming a, getting programmed as a Buddhist. So in this, uh, there is the unconditioned, unborn, uncreated, unoriginated. To me that, you know, that, that's about one of my favorite quote from this, it's from the Udana. <coughs> And they, this is a, this is a wonderful thing, you know. It's a, it's a statement. There is the unborn, uncreated, unoriginated. If there was not the unborn, uncreated, unoriginated, unformed, there'd be no escape from the born, the created, the originated, the formed. But because there is the unborn, uncreated, unoriginated, unformed, there is escape from the created, conditioned, formed, etc. There is escape. There is, you know, an escape then is not me running away from anything, but awakening this imminent ability now to pay attention, to listen, and then to investigate so that the conditioning that we've acquired already, we begin to put it in, see it in terms of what it is rather than just be continually kind of pulled around by it. Like if you don't see it, then you're just, you're just helpless victims of the conditioning process that you've acquired. You can't help but act like this. Push the button, the happy button, and you laugh. Push the cry button, and you cry. Praise you, and you say, yeah, I'm so happy. Criticize you. 
you want to kill yourself. You know, it's just like sunny day, I'm happy. Rainy day, I'm depressed. It is kind of helpless victim of your feelings and thoughts and emotions and cultural prejudices, egot egotistical attachments. ideals, helplessly stuck with idealism and always feeling life has let you down or nothing is, is what it should be, always feeling angry or irritated or despairing because the people you live with, even yourself and the society you live in is not what it should be. That's a sure sign for misery, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, like the world is not an ideal. The world is like this. It's sang sangsara. It's sankara. It's dukkha. Its nature is unsatisfactory. And that awareness, then, there is the unborn. This is it. This is the unborn. This is real. And I'm saying this. You know, not. I'm not creating any anything right now. Just recognizing reality, real. This is real. Then I can see what I think the world is, is a fantasy. You know, according to my personality or my cultural conditioning, is, is you know, what I think, it, what it should be and what I want it to be and what I don't want it to be. This is, this is Sakyaditi Silabhata Bharamasa Vichikicha. So this knower, this knowing, is a natural to all of us. You know, this is this is uh, the escape. This is the freedom from suffering. Is through awakened attention to the flow of life. 